I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Great, another broken white boy for us to fix. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. With great power comes great responsibility. I can do this all day. Wakanda forever! Welcome back, Internet, to another episode of Views from the 616, the blackest MCU podcast in the multiverse, powered by For All Nerds, where we discuss everything in the MCU from the perspective of people of color. And it's one of your hosts, Tatiana King, a.k.a. the Grandest of Tech, also known as the coldest winter soldier ever. And I'm joined by my beautiful co-host. Oh, beautiful. Thank you very much. It's your boy, DJ Ben I mean. AKA the winner spoiler, AKA <laughs> AKA John Walk It Out. <laughs> I walk it out. I walk it out. Very nice. I like it. Thank you all for joining. Uh, I I'm, I'm just want to say welcome back to everyone who has been with us since WandaVision. Thank you. Thank you for mm. your support. Thank you for telling everybody about us. We, our podcast has gone across the world, so we really appreciate it. Shout out to you. And, and because of you, we got uh, a feature from Spotify. So thank mm-hmm. you very much. Uh, and as you know, we told you before, it don't stop. It's continuing because we're here for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And also, if this is your first time hearing that we even reviewed WandaVision, maybe you're brand new. That's great. Welcome. Make sure you also go back and listen to those episodes because we have some amazing, amazing gems for you. But like I said, we're here to talk everything The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We saw episode one a little bit early. We got gave our, our initial impressions of it, our spoiler-free impressions, because that's how we do here. Despite Venom Means, a.k.a., we do do spoiler-free stuff as well. <laughs> Despite it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so listen. I, I, if you listen to Four All Nerds, we told y'all, mm-hmm. y'all are going to, enjoy, at least from episode one, this this looks like to be, it's going to be a winner. Yes. It's completely different than WandaVision. However, it fits in with, I, I feel like it fits in with the vision that that Kevin Fahey and, and the Marvel team is having when it comes to expanding this universe, when it comes to giving you the deeper stories that you they don't have time to cover in the MCU and the, in the films. I, that's what I think I really, really love about these shows and what I'm really loving about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with everything you said right there. I think that a lot of people thought that WandaVision started off way too slow and this ain't that. You know, it gets right into it as we discussed on the spoiler-free episode, but we're going to get deep into everything. Also, shout out to uh, Malcolm Spellman and shout mm-hmm. out to Anthony Mackey who yes. we had the pleasure of speaking with today yeah we had a brunch with them a virtual brunch but we had a brunch with them and got to speak to well ben Amin actually got to share his thoughts with them about the first episode and you know they're really appreciative they they talked to us during the black excellence brunch and it was really cool it was really cool shout out to alan price who he was like i I love bougie black stuff okay he was doing like hip-hop violin or whatever he was doing it was really it was really fire so i appreciated that um, but let's get right into it. Again, this is Views from the 616 where we, d- excuse me, dive deep, dive deep into mm-hmm. everything in the MCU. So let's get headed into episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier titled New World Order. And here is your basic plot. 
And here we go. It's the first episode of the dynamic duel of the potential black cap and a murder merc with a metal arm. Yes, folks, for those who thought WandaVision started off slow, well, you don't have to worry because Bucky and Sam are here to rack up the bodies like we're back in the 80s. Not only that, we have men dealing with feelings as both of them tried to escape the weight of their past. It's Views Day. Shout outs to us. And we're back with a show that asked the question, is this the blackest thing Marvel has ever made? Can you answer that question? And I mean, is, is, is Falcon and Winter Soldier the blackest thing? Now, what makes you even say that? I well, I shared this today when we were on the Black Excellence brunch with Malcolm yeah. and Anthony, and I was like, because it feels like every action, every choice that these characters do, well, not all of them, obviously not Bucky, but definitely Falcon mm-hmm. and his sister, and all the black characters and their and the people's interactions with Falcon and his sister mm-hmm. are all informed by the fact that he is a black man mm, and black woman. This is very true. So I, you know, and I'm just trying to think like, besides obviously Black Panther, um, is this the blackest thing outside of that? Yeah, th- and I guess the blackest thing that's not a black movie, quote unquote. Ooh, there we go. And Anthony Mackie made very good points about that on the uh, brunch today as well that we'll get into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I would also, argue that, and I, I'm sorry, and I would yep. argue that Black Panther is not a black movie. It just happens to be a multi-million dollar Disney production yes. starring a black character there we and go. an overwhelmingly black crew cast and crew. So yeah. let's, that's how I feel. It's just like, I don't think that Winter Soldier, the Falcon and Winter Soldier is a black show. I think that having characters, it might be one of the blackest things that Marvel has ever done just because so far Marvel has not really done very much things that are not very... I wouldn't even say white bread. I would just say more <laughs> the standard. I don't, you know, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, it's kind, kind of, of white the, bread. It's default white. It's default yeah, white. Yeah, the, the default. There we go. Default. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've yeah. never seen, like, what, what I was shot by in this episode that we'll get into is, like, the Falcon and his sister's interactions and just how they talk to each other. And we never seen that in a Marvel movie up until now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that also could be because, as you mentioned, Malcolm Spellman is the head writer for the show. (laughs) He is a black man. Uh, It's also directed by Kari Scoglin, who her, um, she has a pretty extensive list of Mm. things she's done. She's done several episodes of different shows across the board, like Boardwalk Empire, Mm. The Walking Dead, Handmaid's Tale, even Handmaid's Tale is my Mm. shit. Um, And now we are here at the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, as usual, we have some themes of the episode we want to get into. And let's she's official. Official. Uh, let me, official. Oh, let me let me stop yeah. right there and say sure. that then. Sure. You know, yeah, because there's a lot of really good directing in this episode, not just in the action, but in every little scene, just how things are set up. Like we talked about this on WandaVision, how everything in frame that you see should be intentional. And there's a lot of intentional choices. Super intentional. And uh, you yeah. feel the intentionality in, in every scene. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, Shout, for, thanks for yeah. making that note. Yeah, salute. And, you know, Malcolm comes from uh, Boardwalk Empire. I mean, not Boardwalk Empire. Empire. And also... From he, the Lucian Lion family. Yes, yeah, from the Lucian yes. Lion family. And he also recently, uh, right now on Hulu, they have Hip Hop Uncovered, which is a documentary covering some businessmen. Who were behind some of hip hop's greatest acts? Quote, you should check unquote, it out. Businessmen, okay. Yeah. You know, street Got businessmen. It. Understood. Yes. Street pharmacists. Okay, so the, the themes of the episode, episode. We're going to start with the theme of identity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting because to me, this this is even ties right back to WandaVision, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the largest things that the question always comes up. And it comes up here in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Specifically, both Sam and Bucky are are they have issues dealing with their past and coming mm-hmm. to terms with their past, coming to terms with their present, and also in many ways trying to right wrongs from their past. Mm-hmm. And in their present, trying to figure out what their future will be. Absolutely, absolutely. And can't get away from the past, and thus their past is trapping them in this loop they need to get out of so they can get into the future. Yeah. And in and, and this, both Falcon and Sam are struggling with the decision um, well, the decisions that Steve Rogers, Captain America, has made, um, as we all remember, between the events of Endgame and now, um, particularly when it comes to Sam, and I said Falcon and Sam, I'm just trying to say Sam and Bucky are both struggling with that. But specifically in the terms of Sam, he struggles with passing the, uh, the passing of the mantle on to him. It seems like he does not want it. It seems like he, is it fear or is it the weight of that mantle? All right. Uh, I think it's both of them. And, but first of all, can we talk about that? Because I don't think enough attention has been paid to Steve Rogers, just, you know, coming back old as hell, being like, uh, I'm not going to tell you about what I've been doing, but you take the shield, black man, in 2021. Right. right. After five billion people just got returned to the earth. Right. Now, I understand Steve, you know, he went back, he lived his life, mm-hmm. and and he got to be with his love and all the other stuff, but it just reminds me, it's interesting because it's like a double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you think about when particularly, like, like super white liberals, and they're just like, you know, we're giving you the chance, and we're gifting <laughs> this to you. But it's like, are you giving me something I need or giving me more responsibility? Ooh, say that. Mm. Like, are you bringing me, giving me more weight of things that I have to bear? Like, for example, I'll give you a different example. In the, in the case of black women, we are mm-hmm. often given the term, you know, we're so magic and we're superheroes and we're this and we're that. And I said this on a episode, a few episodes back of 616, but I don't want that pressure. That's pressure. I can't be superhero for everybody. Mm. Half the time I can't be a superhero for myself. And sometimes I just want to rest. So mm. that, that aspect of you can do it. Let me give you literally the world on your shoulders. You're in charge now. And it's like, well, we didn't even have a discussion, bro. <laughs> and you can argue that lots of times, which is true. People often say they're not ready. They're not ready. But when will you be, right? Mm. You, you just should just jump into it. But also, if someone says, hey, black man, I want you to be Captain America and you take on all the responsibilities, guidance, and the, the I, I guess, just the expression of what being cap means, I think that should be a longer conversation than just, I'm back. I live my life with Peggy. Here's the shield. Not only that, can I get a cosign? Because, like, as we see in this episode, right, it seems that, and also as we've seen in Spider-Man Far From Home, it seems that the general public feels that Captain America is dead at this point. Right, right. Dead and gone. Dead and gone, or there's conspiracy theories. We've heard from Torres, which is uh, one of the agents that works with Sam, that, you know, there's a conspiracy theory online that Sam is on, not Sam, but Captain America is on the moon somewhere, right? Like like doing some Dr. Manhattan Europa shit, right? So it's just like, people have no idea what's going on. And obviously the government nor the Avengers are really explaining things. I don't think they really care at this point. It's not really their business. I've got a 
But yeah. go ahead. What's your what's your theory? I've got a running theory after WandaVision and the yeah. intro of this that the Avengers have disbanded after the events of Endgame completely. I mean, like, There's where are no they, right? Because didn't I say that in, in WandaVision? Where That's are you where at? They at? Stressed, stressed right now, dog. Stressed. You know what I mean? Like, stress.com, yes. Yeah, stress.com. And doing, and everyone is dealing with their own issues. That's why you don't have, you know, like, that's why even Rhodey was like, oh, what's up? You ain't going to take the shield? Oh, man, that sucks. Deuces. You know? <laughs> well, I, I, would, I would argue that Rhodey was, like, really trying to in, in, implore, but, like... Definitely was. Why, I mean, you know, why would you not? Like, this is a, an amazing opportunity for various reasons that we're going to get into, but... But then after he was like, yeah, all right, then, you know? Like, <laughs> what's he, so here's a good question. What's I got he my saying own I'm, things to deal with. I got white men's mess myself I got to clean up. Was Rhodey saying that, like, I right, peace out, because he felt like he had his own stuff to do with or because he didn't want to push? Like, as a friend, you don't necessarily want to push people beyond what they are comfortable with at the time. So is it just him being a friend and like, yo, I'm going to come back to this later? I think the thing is, Ron, um, Rhodey and um, Sam share a bond that we've actually goes back to even for all nerds. And our brat question, you know, when we ask people Falcon or War Machine, because they are both the black sidekicks to establish white superheroes, right? Mm -hmm. Not only that, they're also both Air Force veterans. Yeah. So these dudes understand, you know, life in that way. So when I think it's one of the things where he doesn't, he knows. he It's like, it's not even about pushing. It's like, yo, I know, you know, I know this dude. He ain't going, you know, if he ain't said he ain't doing it, he ain't doing it. You know, we both trained the same way. We both came up under the same type of people. Well, I mean, obviously type of people, but at the same time, both white men. So, you know, he's like, man, whatever. You know, not man, whatever, but I understand you, dog. You know, it's just like if, what's his name? It'd been like, be Iron Man. You know, Rhodey, would he, you know, be like, yeah, I'm down. I mean, that happened he in the comics. He might have kind of happened, but in the comics, but. In the comics, yeah, but see, so far in the films, he's been able to establish his right. own identity. Well, you know, the thing about Iron to Man, though, Iron Man, though, it's it's a different vibe. It's not like it's not he's Captain the symbol America. of hope and protection, and yeah, I no, am the no. the propaganda of America. It's, it's yeah. Iron Man. He's a rich-ass motherfucker that's just mm-hmm. flying around in a trillion-dollar suit. So. Yep. For someone else to be like, I'm Iron Man now. It's like, all right, you the new rich nigga. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think people are caring about what he stands for. And and, and that brings me to the next point of... The identity this... of Captain America is much yeah. bigger than the identity of Iron Man. And that's the next point about mm-hmm. just that identity of Captain America and identity of being a hero. And there's this mm. quote that said that, uh, that says, we need new heroes, one suited for the times that we're in. What is this time that they're in right now? Technically, is what, 2024? Obviously, this is after Endgame. The trillions, the half of the trillion people who, are, who, who were blipped are back. And shit is wild right now. Mm-hmm. So because of the time changing, obviously, you have personal views, ideological views, political views being all, in all disarray. What does that now mean to be the soap of the soap, the symbol of hope and protection, especially in the hands of, of someone like Sam Wilson? And... And as you talked earlier about the intentionality of shots, like there, and within that same sequence, there's a shot of Sam looking into that glass case of the shield, and you see his reflection, and that's that's the interrogation that he's having as a character. Like, am I a reflection of the shield? Is this shield a reflection of me? Uh, he said, when you hear that replay of his conversation with with Steve, with Steve Rogers, when Steve Rogers came back, he was old. He said, you know, this doesn't, this feels like it belongs to someone else. And Steve is very insistent, like, it isn't. Mm-hmm. It absolutely belongs. And, and he, he, the next step of that is it, it belongs to you. But Sam doesn't feel it. 
Oh, and why he doesn't feel it goes back to that shot you were talking about before. The shield is on a literal pedestal in front of him. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, the shot is very intentional because, like you said, he's in the reflection, but the reflection is murky because he can't see it. You know what I mean? He can't, like it's John Cena. He can't see himself as Captain America. That shot is murky. There's another murky shot later on with Bucky and at the, um, when he's on his date. And that's both of them about not being able to see their future and yeah. away from their past. Yeah. Like, uh, man, shout out to that director again because, whoo, you did your work. <laughs> you did your homework. Yeah. Uh, in terms of identity, um, I call him Sam. Nah, I'm trying to get like you, Wilson, because <laughs> this he plays, he's playing this role. And, and I've realized also <laughs> mm-hmm. that a lot of men, especially like in black men in my community and, mm. and family and stuff, sometimes you feel like you have to play this role of, you know, you're the community leader and the man of the people and you got it all under control, but stuff is crumbling behind the scenes. Or mm. you don't necessarily have control, but you also may not feel like you have the support system or you may not have the 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 path laid out in front of you. So you're trying to present this strength, but within you're going through so much turmoil. So when he, and, and I said, he said, now I'm trying to get like you. Like when he was having that, that cute conversation with the old man, when he, mm-hmm. when he was in Louisiana, you know, he was playing around with the old man and the old man's like, Oh, let me get $50. And, and Sam's like, yeah, I got you. Sam ain't got $50 to be giving nobody. Okay. Because this man and his sisters are selling fish plates at the back of their truck. So, they, they, he, he's not, he's not in the best spot. Um, he's struggling, right? He's struggling clearly with the identity of himself, but also how to move on with his life and, and, and whether or not he really does want to move on. He has this conflict with his sister, Sarah, where he refuses to sell the family fishing boat, despite Sarah's protests and obvious justifications of why it should go. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't seem like he wants to leave his past behind either in both his normal life or his superhero life. And he can't get over, over the idea of, of Steve, like, he can't get over the idea of moving on from the family business. Let's say that. And, all right, let me uh, point out a couple of things, especially to expand on what you were just saying about now I'm trying to get like you, right? Because that's something else that goes on amongst black men, is that we demur, right? That's the word where we... You oh, defer, we, like, like you're showing deference and to somebody else. Yeah, demur, defer. Demure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah demur, yeah. yeah, where we act like we're not who we are, right? Falcon has saved the world. He has money. Don't get it twisted. He got some government tra- contracts, what he said. Yeah, yeah, he's getting the money, but it's, it's, and he's Falcon, a member of the Avengers, and he's sitting here telling an old man on a fishing boat, nah, I'm trying to get like you. But that's what black men do. Even when we pop in and be like, nah, man, you know. I ain't no, you know, I ain't doing no, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm you know what like, I mean? I'm just trying to get to the I, money, I, I, bro. You know, <laughs> nigga be like billionaire and he'll be like, yo, I'm trying to get to the money. Damn, you got to the money and, already. And I, actually, I actually love that because to yeah. me, that's a show of love as well. It and, is a show of love, but it can also be a yeah. show of shirking responsibility Ooh. and of saying that and, and lessening yourself. And mm. that's what he's doing through this episode because he doesn't. It's like the whole uh, arc of season two of Atlanta was Paperboy try, eventually realizing that he was a star and he couldn't do things the same way. And that's what Falcon is, he hasn't realized. Because he comes back to his sister, you know, she'd been dealing with things five years without this man. By herself with By kids. herself with half of the world gone. Her, so she'd been yeah. learned, you know, how she good. But he come back around now and he's like, oh, I got things somewhere, you know, oh, I'm a big bad adventure. Well, then go save the world, dog, because this is a different life that, you know, you're probably going to have to move past. Yeah. 
You know, you can come visit and say, what up? But all this, like, trying to live two lives, it's not going to work out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we, we got more to say about Sam, but we're going to come back to him because we got to talk about Bucky and his issues. Um, he's clearly mm. attempting to make amends for all the wild shit he inflicted on the real world while he's, you know, under, I don't want to say under a spell, but when he, he was under um, suggestion, um, he struggles with finding his own purpose post-Winter Soldier life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right away, like... With with when he's in the um the therapist's office and he's talking about the the nightmare that he claims is not a nightmare, you know you get that that opening fight action sequence and that body count is high as fuck, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk about that too, but I, I'm bringing that up because we see at the end of that sequence where he ends up killing a man, and later on this man ends up being the son of someone that he's trying to be befriend or someone he has befriended, mm-hmm. um um Yori Naka uh, Yori is his name yeah. and you start to see kind of the twistedness of it, right? Like, and it's it's so sad and so difficult because like here he is, like Bucky is, you know, he's back to himself. He, he's he, he's him and he has control over his life. His control over his, 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 he just has control, but he has to, like, how do you, how do you make amends and say sorry for killing somebody's child? And also it's like, you can't really make be friends with them, right? And um, he's over here like the, the Nor, Nori has excuse me, Yori has no idea who Bucky uh, really is. And Bucky, you know, they they high high kicking, but this man killed your son. Say and it's it. like Thank and you yeah, for saying and, it. And yes, you can say, look, that wasn't really Bucky, that was Winter Soldier. What? <laughs> Stop was, it, Rhonda. That uh, was Bucky with clippings, bro. Like, ah, I'm I'm getting these flashbacks of a series from two weeks ago. <laughs> Wait, listen, I, I listen. feel like people once again are defending a white terrorist. Is all I'm gonna say. So do you, you do you believe Bucky to be a terrorist? Then I, do I, you think that's a little different than Wanda? No. Well, okay. I mean, in ways, yes. Okay, Bucky was mind controlled. Wanda was in denial. No one could, and and then at one point, at least halfway through. Wanda realized what the hell was going on, and she and chose, to, it, and chose, she chose to stay in it and chose yeah. violence. So, how are they not different? Bucky, Bucky had no control over his over his self, really. But okay, even after regaining control of himself, what does Bucky do? I mean, you know, he saved the world, but he's also murdered a bunch of aliens. You know, my man is still a killing machine. My and man was, but he's doing it on behalf of you. If a man is a killing machine. Like, if, Hayward is don't, if Hayward is doing, if Hayward is on, Z once again, <laughs> Team Hayward falters. If Hayward's doing on time, um, murdering off, you know, a terrorist Wanda on behalf of normal human beings like me, you and me, Bucky out here shooting aliens. And see, we like, oh, Bucky's great. But Hayward wanted to do it. Bucky didn't talk about my mama. My mama, my mama, my mama. Forget Hayward. Not <laughs> yet. Anyways, <laughs> moving on with Bucky and his struggles with his identity. As you see, he hides his arm. Um, and as I mentioned, people don't know who he really is. Now, Damn, this, that's so grimy. All right, we gonna move on, but it's so grimy that my man is over there, like you say, kikiing with this dude. Like, right. I, I mean, he's he doing murdered he, your son. I mean, he 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 feels guilty, right? And I know he's just it's like, tough, I wanna, but I want to make amends, but it's also like, how? How nigga, do you find another really, way? I don't know. That's yeah. yeah. Like, so, I, I think you're a little too close to the fire. Um, he, as we see, he carries a list of people, which uh, 
whether whether they're 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 bad people, quote unquote, or not, he carries mm-hmm. a list of, of 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 people that he's trying to make amends with, or yep. people who he's trying to uh, he put in positions that they really should not be in, and he's trying mm-hmm. to rectify it. Yep. And I've likened it to kind of like Arya Starks from Game of Thrones list, but with less death. Yes. Uh, um, and you also mentioned something special about this list. Yeah, it's also a callback to the same list that's, well, a type of list. It's the same little notebook that they're carrying that Steve had in, that's Winter Soldier, right? When Yeah, because that's when Falcon tells him about Marvin Gaye's album. And it's funny, that list is different in every country the film is released in because it's specific to that country. A little, you know, Easter for you right there. But it's a callback to that list where they're both trying to... Steve is sitting here trying to catch up on things he missed while Bucky is trying to catch up on things he missed but in a different way, trying to either make amends or deal with loose ends. Yeah, yeah. And and we we do, as I mentioned, we see a couple of those loose ends. Uh, He befriends Yori Nakajima, again, who's the father of the man he killed. His name is RJ Nakajima. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and it's so sad because RJ was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. When when the police, like when Yori says the police told him that same phrase, like, you know, he, in his heart, he knew it was something more, which yes, it was something more, but it's also true. Mm. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time and with with the bugged out, Winter Soldier. And then the second person that, the action at least that we see is uh, Senator Atwood, who essentially was a Hydra agent, and he ends up turning her over to the police. Yeah. And two quick little action Easter eggs in that scene, because like you said, that scene was so cold, was Bucky coming through the wall and grabbing up my man like he was in the first RoboCop. And it also, what really hurt me was when RJ is, you know, trying to get his pee in, it really reminded me of The Professional when... Mm -hmm. Um, Shorty is trying to get away and the professional saves her, you know, at the last second. But RJ ain't have nobody to save him, and the professional mm-hmm. was Bucky says. <laughs> yeah. I just I just could imagine the amount and I know different people react differently to dangerous situations, but the amount of fear that m- would make you just go still like a deer. Like if I hear anything slightly like a gunshot, I'm in the next room. I'm probably in the tub by that time, right? I'm like to think that all this shit happens and it happens very fast and you're still caught out there shaking, trying to get the key in the door. Like, I... All right, gunshots one thing, but when my man comes through the wall, you know, I might freeze up too, dog. <laughs> like, I might be like, yo! You know? And then by then it's too late. How long was that sequence? Was it even 30 no, seconds? Yeah, not even, dog. So that's what I'm saying. People, you always forget. And what if, you know, he had nowhere else to go but in the door. And he if was If he was shaking. in the door, Bucky wouldn't have seen him. Yeah, but I'm not blaming him. Just to be clear, My I'm not blaming him. I'm just shots, dog. trying not to understand how how I would react versus other people. Like, like it, and and how how fucked up it is that like if you happen to freeze, that's it for you. I'm pretty sure you've probably heard gunshots close to you in your life. Not everyone has grown up like that. You know, like, I definitely grew up, you know. But I mean, trying to say I'm from the hood, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been in places where, you know, they've gotten shot up. You know what I mean? I've been very close to gunshots in my life. So, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's just sad that, you know, you just, like, I don't even know what RJ was. Like, he could look like a, he was a museum curator of anything. Not that they were students or, like, Student. somebody working on like presentation maybe they were like uh researchers like yeah. you just living your life bro and 30 seconds you're done but fam should have gone to the bar like, he sh- you know I mean? they only had they only had 30 minutes left like you know ooh, he, ooh. no we're yeah. not, doing that. not we're not doing that yeah. but <laughs> hurts, hurts, uh also in terms of bucky um he, when he's talking to dr rayner his therapist he 
has a very interesting note uh, or, or, or comment where he says he went from one fight to another for 90 years. Mm. And he's never, he's never really got rest. He's never known true peace except for the, quote, a little calm in Wakanda. I mean. And I'm like, he got a little ting out there. Like, what's going man, on? Man, like, you already know. <laughs> you are. The door, they call know. that man the white wolf, boy. <laughs> he don't get that name without, you know what I mean? You got to be a, you a wolf. You got to be a dog. You got to be out no. there, you know, getting it from the mud. As they say. Don't look, do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Come on. You are. Look, what, what would you do? Like, if you was Bucky after 90 years and you end up in what? In I mean, you do end up in Wakanda's paradise. I mean, right? come on, dog. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to go ham. ham. Yeah. You're going to at least one, you know, at least one, you got to, you know, lock down like cuffing season, baby. Yeah. And, uh. and then just lastly in this, just Dr. Rayner. <laughs> Says, you saw and my th- man come about the tent in that film. What I was, know what he I'm, left behind the hair, in the tent with a luxurious silk press. What, like, what was in the tent? You know what I mean? Stop! 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 <laughs> we off that. We moving on. <laughs> but yes, Doctor Rayner. Um, I thought this was this was interesting and also made me mad because I'm like, that's not fucking true. Doctor Rayner <laughs> says, tells Bucky that he has his mind back and he's been pardoned with mm-hmm. with with conditions, but he's been pardoned. Like as you say, he's he's really a dis- big terrorist, but they let him go, so he's free mm-hmm. Bucky is nowhere near free at least not mentally mm. and he's not psychologically and and really Bucky has no idea what he wants to do with his life as we see in his conversations with Yori with with um Leah the the girl who works at the restaurant that he he he's he keeps doing callbacks and and, and references to his old life he's talking about 1943 this and I'm 106 years old that mm. and like he's stuck in the past in many ways mentally mm. And there's another big Easter egg in this scene is when also just this whole scene is shot so well. Like you see Bucky sitting on the couch and it's like he's in half shadow. And then when the doctor is interrogating him, there's a lot of these weird angles and close ups to, you know, give you the confusion and everything that's going Mm -hmm. in his mind. Then they cut back and you see the window uh, behind him has the shades where it's slit like bars to show you that once again, like you say, Bucky's not free. And then the thing that got me, it also because it got me in Winter Soldier when Sam and Cap were talking about it, is when he was talking about how they had to sleep on the floor because they'd been in war so much that they slept on rocks and stuff. When they came back to the bed, it was way too soft. And you talk about not being free, and I always talk about this on the show because it's, it goes back, you know, recipes of my brother Combat Jet. He used to have me talking about my time when I was incarcerated, and. That was something I had to deal with when I came back. I could not sleep in a regular bed for a long time. In fact, I would always have noise. I needed, like, mad noise to even go to sleep. And yeah. I'd sleep on the ground or on something rough for a lot of time because I was used to that. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like I felt that. And seeing that shot again of him waking up with the TV on, you know. On the floor. On the floor. I mean, the man's even make a pallet. Like, make a pallet, bro. Like, I've put been some there, blankets though, down. Yeah, but see, that's too soft, and you're not used to it. You know what I mean? It's not oh like, that it's like, yo, I need I need to be hard, you know? But it's just like, your body isn't used to certain things, and you're conditioned even more so. You know, mm. you're conditioned to do things, because that's how I was after a while. And I wasn't even in that long where, like, it got bad. I can't imagine people at war for 90 years. This man is different. He's super different. <laughs> super, super dog. You know, I mean, you know, me body like the like the nightmares you're gonna have from that, like mm-hmm. 
I get oh it. Oh my god. I get it. Oof. We are this man. Yeah. moving on to the next theme of New World Order, which is also the title of this episode. Mm-hmm. New World Order also refers to a very old, long-running conspiracy theory, yep. which hypothesizes that there's a, a secret totalitarian world government that's trying to basically have completely end all borders, one country, one world government, one currency, mm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that with this group called the Flag Smashers. Uh, that Torres talks about that um, they want a world that's unified without borders. They thought the world was better during the blip because obviously it's very unstable and people didn't know what was going on. And it's just what I found very cool about that is that this, and, and this is how so, it's so easy to get sucked into stuff like this because mm-hmm. you, you you can sit there and argue the merits of such yep. a approach, right? Mm-hmm. And some people are like no, absolutely not. Hear us out. I'm telling you, yep. you could argue the merits of such a post of because because if you if you explain it in the right way for, to the right to the certain people, they'll say, "Oh, that sounds like sunshine and rainbows to me." That we all live under a great big one roof and we're one big happy family, and there shouldn't be any differences between nationalities, and there should not be nationalism and all this other stuff. And to me, that's a very um, I don't see color approach, which I don't agree. I mean, with, isn't, but... isn't that what Star Trek says? No. Oh, it's not. Not quite. The world isn't unified under one government. <laughs> not quite. Because, um, Star Trek, because Star Trek respects the differences in ethnicity. Nobody and said this doesn't stuff. either. You well, know, but the world is unified under one government. Is it not the Federation? That's not a government, per se. It's not. <laughs> on this we're not getting into this right now do not equate the federation the to flag the flag smashers <laughs> like what the f- they both have f in their this name this is what i deal with y'all like this is what i'm talking about but this is but, but, but this is why we're talking to you now about all of this so yes this 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 terrorist organization like i said this is what they believe in um, and Sam has a has a line where he says every time something gets better for one group it gets worse for another when I say the levels to that line. I mean, but it's also like, yeah, no shit, Sam. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but the levels to that line, because it, it, it feels like no shit to you, but I also think it's because you're black. Ben, mm-hmm. I, I don't, a lot of people don't realize the, the truth and the implications Ooh, of true that indeed, and what true that indeed, means. True indeed, true indeed, true uh, indeed. Maybe some of you seen it for the first time as of summer 2020, but mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's real, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um... Lots of times people in power, they don't want to relinquish that power. And to me, it's not mm. even, you're not even relinquishing anything. You, if anything, you're making it more equitable, but a lot of people don't see it that way. Uh, what's the quote? Power concedes nothing without struggle, right? So, um, and particularly for this uh, Flag Smashers group, they're led by a character named Carl, at least in the comics, Carl Morgenthau. And yep. the show is Carly. Mm-hmm. Morgenthau and um, you've seen her in the previews um, she's actually in this episode she's just masked yep, up she's just masked up she has yeah. that very curly like red hair like she looks like the, the princess from Brave like that really tight curly red hair but um, yeah that that that's actually Carly mm-hmm. um, and within the comics Carl felt the need that um, he felt that humanity needed to do away with the concepts of countries and nationalism so yeah. again just feeding more into that new world order 
conspiracy. Yeah. Once again, just like with WandaVision, these comments are like my formative comp. Like this was when I first started reading Captain America. Is when Flashmaster was introduced, when Super Patriot was introduced. This whole run, Mark Grunewald was the writer and creator of all this stuff. Is like, and Grunewald was one of my favorites as a kid in general. So I grew, you know, I was always like, my parents were very definitely political and stuff. So political ideas weren't foreign to me as a child at all. Mm. And so when I first started reading stuff about Flashmaster and the idea of smashing nations, I was like, hell yeah, like. You know, this world is nuts. There's too much war and fighting in between all these nations. We need more unity, you know? Of course, he's a terrorist, and he's going about it, you know, in an extreme way. But, hey, so was Killmonger, you know what I mean? Like, uh, once again, we uh, we look at people and judge them differently until they start, you know, doing things that we don't agree with. Killmonger but, uh, killed his girlfriend for no reason. Yeah, but once again, and I keep saying this. I even mentioned this on, I was on uh, Twi- uh, Twitch last week. And I was like, the Killmonger effect, you know, Killmonger in a character where you see characters just do something ridiculous so that, you know, the writers are like, well, you got to make sure people know this person is evil, you know? So, and and that's when it becomes weak writing to me because there's other ways or let people make their own decision, you know, because to me, Black Panther are just to get away real quick, Black Panther really lets you know, like, um, T'Challa has one viewpoint, Killmonger has another, and if you're really paying attention, Nakia is right in the middle where it should be. Absolutely. Nakia was right. Nakia was right, as we always say, but people, you know, are so focused on the men, wonder why, that they missed the point. And then they made Killmonger do these extreme things that you really didn't need him to do, because if you're really paying attention, but people also, you know, want, they dumb it down sometimes where I don't feel like they need to. And that's what we get. And that's why I felt like they did the Hayward. And hopefully they don't do the Flag Smasher. I hope they really, and even with um, John Walker, I want, you know, I want real reasoned portrayals of these characters. Right. Yep. Uh, and the final theme of this episode, um, and I wonder if it's going to carry on through the series, but I, I felt like there was a heavy 80s action type oh, all of, of that, baby. movie approach to all of that. everything. All of that. <laughs> obviously, in the uh, the insane uh, uh, Winter Soldier sequence, obviously the wild high body count that Falcon... First of all, I, people, I don't know if people really peep what's happening. Falcon murked mad people, and it was some of the deaths were pretty comical. Can we talk... Is it time to talk about this action? You could talk about this, actually. All right. First of all, you know, like, once again, like, I, I was talking to you about this offline, right? I think I found, recently I found this website, explodinghelicopters.com. And I also want to shout out another site, my favorite, ruthlessreviews.com, right? If you are into 80s action or any action, check out these, especially Ruthless Reviews, because they break down 80s action in a way that it's just some of the most beautiful things, and they know their shit, and they talk about, like, the how 80s action was quite uh, homoerotic mm-hmm. and they get into all these different themes and stuff just like we do on this show. But back to this show, oh my God, this man Falcon turns on his jetpack, grabs my man by the left arm and slams him into the crate on the plane. He, like you was talking about, he over there throwing people up against rocks like it's Looney Tunes. <laughs> the guy splattered on the rock and Splattered and down. slid down like it was them <laughs> Looney Tunes. You know, drop it and like explodinghelicopters.com is always talking about how in all these movies, all these helicopters get blown up and the various ways they do. Falcon blows up one with a bomb. He sends its own missiles at another one. And the third one, 
Oh, yeah, he uses Red Wing to blow up. I mean, variety. My man, you know, <laughs> spice of life right there. I mean, variety in deaths. but And also, you see it with Bucky, how he takes out, like, people hitting him with pea shooter, he turns around with an Uzi. Like, it's mm. like just completely... Just, oh, you hit, you're going to come at me with a knife. I'm coming at you with a rocket launcher. Like, it's Once just again, ridiculous. <laughs> 80s, you know, for people who know the 80s, NWA, Easy, he shot, blah, and then I shot, blah. As you can see, I cold smoked his ass. You know what I mean? Like, that was buggy right there. Like, right. nah, and, bro. And, and, and this actually carries this next come one. Come with it carries on like to today's movies but you see the globe hopping happening so the globe trotting so you see tunisia and libya being representative which is in northern africa then you they jump to washington dc then then now they're in brooklyn new york then they're in delacroix louisiana and then they're even in switzerland so again it just had a lot of presence of the i guess the the how do you call it the the the, the inner workings or the or the framework of how 80s action movies actually move the plot or, or where they move the plot and what's happening in that plot. Definitely. And like you said, it carries on to right now to films like the Mission Impossible series where one moment they're here, one moment they're there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that was definitely that 80s style boy where it's like Tunisia, now we in DC, you know, now we here, now we here, now we here, whoop, 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 you know, like and this Louisiana, show, like everywhere, baby. And the show Falcon and Winter Soldier is an amalgamation of a lot of different movie types. So like we see like the buddy cop, we see, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, just a lot of 80s movies. You see the espionage thriller. Yeah. Um, obviously, the action. You see, I mean, you see just a lot of elements that you would see in very successful movies. Yeah. And they're just pared down to fit in a TV format. So I think that's pretty brilliant that, at, at least this first episode was really brilliant of, of Malcolm. Yeah. And I've watched that opening sequence over and over at this, at this point. And I will say, like, we were talking about this on the spoiler, is it? You know, movie level, I think it's right up there with anything. I think it's just because we're not seeing it on the big screen that we're not understanding how yeah, dope it is. I, I because the direction it. in that shit is phenomenal. Like, even on the little things, like, where things have weight and you feel the realism of it, even though it's some super unrealistic thing of this man flying around with wings on his back, you it feels real because of the way it's shot and the way things move in the shot and everything. It's just so well done, like. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I'm, I'm, I was blown away, and that's the first episode. I know they're gonna keep going. Like, I mean, even in that episode, you rep, you have like '80s movies rep and '90s like Independence Day that yeah. felt like the chase sequence through the cavern. I thought that was Independence Day. That's, yeah, definitely. Honestly, when I, that chase through the cavern with the wingsuit folks, I thought Independence Day. Independence Day, right away. Also, uh, I think it's a uh, Blue Steel is the '80s um, helicopter joint. And there's another uh, Iron Wolf, right? Iron Wolf is another joint with helicopters throwing nuts where they don't throw all them caverns and all that. So you had so much. I really can't wait for them. If they have got to do some lethal weapon. I mean, I know Mel Gibson toxic as fuck, but I just need some lethal weapon references. I need some commando. Oh, my God. Y'all, I'll lose my mind, though. I will lose my mind. They do some of that stuff. Let's go. (laughs) Uh Woo! That takes us to our next section, which I'm calling questions that need answers. Um, And this series, which I really, I just, what I'm really enjoying is that they're making us explore and think really critically about the real life, I know it's fiction, but this is the real life implications of being a hero in this space, being a hero after the blip. What does it mean to be someone who has survived the blip or someone, whether you were blipped yourself or had Mm. to live by yourself or, or or moved forward through life for five years because everybody around you were gone. Like, we've talked about that. Like, how would you feel if if you were the one in your family that ended up staying and everyone else blipped away? How would you... Lots of people can't make it 
Like your family is your rock. Your family is your anchor. Some people just would not be able to make it mentally, physically, whatever the case may be. Um, and then the people who did, you know, like, like it's, it's just so complex in terms of the implications. And again, as I mentioned in the films, you don't necessarily have the time to see that. And sometimes it's done, but at least so far what we've seen, particularly in Spider-Man, is done to comical effect, right? Like, oh, so-and-so got a new boyfriend, this and that. But like there's seriousness behind it. So one of the things that I thought about and, and Ben, I mean, I know you had a lot to say about this was really that whole situation when it comes to money and and making a living and all that stuff. Um, how do these heroes make a living? And I also call it capitalism wins again, because I just feel like I didn't understand why. For example, you see folks like Batman, billionaire playboy, Superman. He's a journalist. I guess he has a journalist salary, I guess. He broke his foot. But he, he's broke, right? <laughs> but but he living, I guess. Tony Stark, he's he's a legacy arms dealer, right? So so many random people got different ways they making money or making a living. But how do other heroes, even like non-top-tier heroes, actually pay the bills? And why did didn't Steve nor Tony leave like an inheritance or something for these people? And by these people, right now I'm talking about Sam, but where's what's going on like there's no thought about that like my thing is yeah this is a a sci-fi not sci-fi but this is a uh, a superhero story but like people gotta eat and i feel like that's the piece that has just been missing and then no one thinks about it until sam walks into the bank and they're like nah we ain't giving you this loan well you know there's a couple reasons right first of all uh captain america falls into that uh superman Broke as fuck. Lane. <laughs> All right, let's keep it Wait, real. Captain First, America? No, broke as fuck. What are you talking about? Like, my man has been on the run. Don't get it twisted, right? Once again, see, I, I think people fail to realize what happened in Infinity War. Captain America is on the run already. He is a war criminal, as uh, what's his name pointed out in Spider-Man. I think this man's a war criminal, but I still got to show you these videos now. Um, Right? So that's war criminal on the run, right? Thanos invades, the heroes fail. Half of the world vanishes. What is Captain America then? A war criminal on the run. In fact, I don't even know how my man was sitting there uh, holding the meetings in <laughs> Endgame without being arrested. That's a whole other story. You do know why. I do know why. And we, yep, you know, because if it had been Falcon, that man would have been shot. <laughs> but yes, war criminal, broke as fuck, right? You see him, he in the meetings. He ain't doing no rich people meetings. He in the broke people meetings. <laughs> What's right? the difference between a rich people meeting and a broke people meeting? They don't meet in that desolate-ass room they was okay. in in Endgame. Okay. That's what they, I, got, that's they, have, they have scones and, and, yes, and smoothies. Yeah, got yeah, it. No, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just brightly lit. There's nice music playing, you know? <laughs> They're relaxing on a you know mountain resort. Anyway, so he falls into that broke as fuck category. Tony Stark falls into that dead as fuck category, Right. Falcon falls into that dead as fuck category. There's no pay. There's no bad pay for why you're dead when half of the universe has been blipped out of existence, right? So people aren't thinking about you. So you come back. You got your little contracts. But that's it. There's not good. People are like, yo, why didn't Tony Stark leave money? Dead. You know, now why didn't... um, Wait, him being dead got nothing to do with Tony. Okay, why didn't... for a thousand years ahead. So what do you mean? But Falcon falls into that war criminal category. Now... 
right now. So you're saying Tony Stark wasn't fucking with Falcon? That's why he ain't helped. And forget. And and really, I was honestly looking at Steve first. Steve is the one who went back in time, lived his life with Peggy, did all this stuff. He couldn't oh. have pulled some strings. He couldn't have left a, a lotto ticket for my man's. Like, I mean, we he, the he, shield. Peace oh, out. Shoot, I'm dead. Not the like, lotto ticket. I mean, he could have easily done that. I'm like, looking yo, at Steve first. Why didn't Steve start pulling the Back to the Future? Start making some bets and stuff, right? Like, oh, I know this team gonna win this. Buy like, the Apple stock ahead of time yeah, and give it, give it the thing. I'm looking at Steve first. Then yes, obviously Tony, because Tony was technically in charge of the Avengers. So and Tony thinks of stuff ahead of Tony be thinking. Oh, well, he was thinking. And my thing is, what? And you can just say that's just because that's just something that they wasn't thinking about when they were writing this. And that's cool. But in a show like this that explores, you got to have that conversation. Oh, no. I think they're going to get into this. And I think hopefully this show gets into like the thing that we are really disturbing right now. That I will not say Steve Rogers is trash, but he definitely left your man's hanging. You know, hold this shield, fam, and uh, deuces. <laughs> he almost—he basically said, "Hold this L," because yeah, okay, it right is an now L. It's, an L. <laughs> it's a big L right now, and it's gonna be bigger L's before this is all over. And that's the problem. It's like, like I say, we see the scene of Sam up there, like, "Oh, I'm gonna put the shield in the museum." Why isn't Steve up there, like, "Yo, we gonna put the shield in the museum," or you know, and if you don't take it out this museum, it goes to this man. You know what I mean? That, Where was that? Because he, Where was the coastline? I would just say because Steve truly believed he like he wanted Sam to have it, Falcon to have it. He's like, you the guy now. You gonna take other like he, he listen. You deal with this stress? <laughs> hold hold this L fam. I'm what I think, <laughs> what I think Steve Rogers was thinking, okay? Not what he actually was thinking. I'm but, done but with I this shit, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna be here. All right, <laughs> Magic Justin, I ain't gonna be here. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I just, I just found it so strange. Like Falcon, when he, when he, he talks. I think he was talking to Sarah, his sister. He was like, he's just generally been living off the goodwill of others. And all I kept saying in my head was, where the fuck is this man's inheritance? Like, I mean, Sam is recognized. He's recognized in Tunisia. Okay, when yep. he has that conversation in Arabic, and he's, and he's. Talk about, oh, we can make this happen. And then we get this incredible scene at the bank. Man, I've been recognized all over the place, and I'm still, you now, know. I've seen some stuff online. <laughs> I was saying I got no money. I've seen I some did. stuff online. Shout out to everyone who 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 add us on For All Nerds on Twitter. But apparently there's this the, there's these people who are not making the the, <laughs> the the jump from one plus one equals two when it comes to recognizing what that scene was about oh. in the bank. Uh mm. I, I, I've watched several YouTube videos, you know, already, because that's what I do when I do these shows. And I've actually become a fan of certain people. I'm not going to name no names, especially this week, because they, it was lacking. You know, I saw it during WandaVision. I saw some people actually this week make some connections. But I've been on websites, and I've seen the comments, and it's ridiculous. People are not getting it, and that's what I mean. I feel like so much of this is informed by the blackness of this show. And let us be clear. Let us just make it 100% any of the white Avengers. Hawkeye's five years of murdering, <laughs> mass murdering motherfucker ass walks in there with his white family and sits down for that loan. He's getting it, folks. I don't understand how people are not seeing that this scene is about the racial issues and especially in America when we talk about how difficult it is for black people to get financials the way that white people get them for doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it, black people just know that we don't have the same relationship with banks that, you know, white people do. 
Like, unless you're extremely well off. Generations. This, and generations. This is generations like, worth of lack of, of relationship. Yes. And not and beyond lack of relationship, an antagonistic relationship. Where especially historically, this goes to historically in Louisiana, how banks and how people steal land from black people. You know, and that's what this is. That's what they're doing right here. Shutting down this business and shutting down all those black fishermen, so you see, so they can have that land, build up some condos on the water, whatever they want to do, you know, renovate, you know, gentrify. Like, that happened. I mean, Louisiana's one of them, and it happened in D.C. You know, I've seen it happen in D.C. where the waterfront flipped over to some old Nets level mess. I, I, I've seen it happen while I was at Howard. Yep. The I saw it happen where, yeah. The, as I was a student at Howard, the entire area around the school gentrified. I mm-hmm. saw it in real time. And to go back to this scene, it's so, once again, I think like you said earlier, right? Things that are obvious to us because we're black and because we've lived through these experiences you know, aren't obvious to other viewers and to other people who are watching this show. When the first thing a person asks you as a black man is, do you play football or basketball? It's racism, folks. Right? It is like, it's one, it's it's not even subtle, but it is subtle. You know, it's like, that's all you're good for, Negro. Oh, you're big and quick, big and strong. Oh, you're famous. Gotta be ball, playing ball. Couldn't Honestly, be for anything Falcon else. Falcon don't look like an athlete like that to me. Like, no, I, mean, I would never uh, look yeah. at, at uh, well, Anthony Sam. Mackey isn't. Yeah, but that's the point. You know, I would never look at Sam and be like, oh, he he must be a baller. Like, no, it don't matter. You know, but that's no, what white people but, think. But that's it's, my point, right? Like, it's because why, you're famous. Why would you think that? Yeah, because he knows he's famous, so you got to be a ball player or a rapper. You know, they they didn't want to do that because that would have been you know too on the nose. Then people might be like, oh, it's racial. You know, but you can't. That's a that's another I, thing, right? I, I've people, done that once, actually. Um, I was in first class, and this white guy who was next to me, he was like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I was a rapper. Wow. Nice. That's a good one. Because um, I couldn't just be up in there. No, you couldn't just be up in there. You, yeah. you had to know what you did. <laughs> you know? And that's the thing. They're not going to ask, oh, what do you do to another white person? They're just going to know that they do something, you know, that they should be up in there. Yeah. But it's also the fact that he recognizes them. And... That's another problem. People want this. It's all, it goes back, right? And there's this thing I'm writing where it's a, such a fine line. People either want it like shoved in their face and then they're like, oh, this show is political. It's too on the nose. Oh my God. Why did anybody put politics in their comics? Or it's too subtle and then they don't see it. You know what I mean? If he yeah. if he'd been like, "Oh, are you a rapper?" More people would been like, "Oh my god!" You know, <laughs> why are they putting these politics in my shows? But now I'm seeing the reviews where people are like, "No, it's no race in this at all." You know, Banks sir, the you know, blah blah blah. I know many people who were denied for shut up. I like, oh, have like, black oh, but, friends. I have plenty of black friends. There are actually. many people they know who were denied for loans. Whatever I've seen, like someone pointed out, and this is the most genius thing: your man Ant Man is on house arrest. And he got a successful business popping. <laughs> Hold up, there's another one. Ain't he a one. felon? Ain't he a felon? A felon. There's another one that we that is has shown post blip. Just like just Aunt like Marcus do it. Aunt May has been relocated, new job, all that. This is all distrusted far from home. She gets to send Peter to Europe. This is all far from home. Post blip. Why? White people. Like mm. listen. So the hold up. My man said. Can you take a picture with your arms out? 
Can you sing a dance? Like, y'all don't, man, I've lived this shit. Like, you know, my, man, I've talked about this on the photo show. Like, I grew up, you know, like, I grew up being the token, you know, so I've heard all of that. Ben, why don't you rap? Ben, can you dance? Ben, I bet you could play basketball. You know, all of that. I couldn't play basketball. I couldn't dance. And I definitely didn't rap. (laughs) You know, like, it was just, yeah. but that's how it goes. To couple with what you've been saying, (sighs) let's make it very, let's spell it out. For decades, upon decades, upon decades, upon decades, times infinity, black people have been disenfranchised in a variety of ways in this country. You can call it, it's been said, uh, called rather by many things and many different systems. Uh, Jim Crow, redlining, uh, obviously, Ben, I mentioned it earlier, denial of home ownership. And in Mm -hmm. this country, home ownership is typically the path to wealth. So if you're blocked from that, you're blocked from creating wealth for your family and their future generations and so forth. And for no reason other than being black. So when you parallel that with the absolute absurdity of an Avenger, a guy who literally saved the world slash universe. Universe. Who didn't exist for five years because of his actions of saving the universe gets denied for a business loan because he can't produce, you know, proof of that income. Like this man knows who he is. And then and then he and, and the banker gives the 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 what is he his explanation of well, because you know, half half a trillion people showed up and now everybody went alone. We gotta tighten up. Mm. Wow. So Why you, is it okay, and like you his up. sister says to point it out, why is it when we show up, the tightening starts? But people still want to be like, oh, no, that just meant, you know, right when they got there, right? Yeah. No, no. Listen. No, people, you know, I like, willful denial is something, like, is, like, you know, I keep going back to WandaVision, and I keep this <laughs> This point, is good, though. These, are, these kn- are all supposed to have this, be in this conversation. This, you know, because I came to this, I think, after, you know, um, WandaVision ended, how WandaVision is really a show about white people because it really shows how many white people have so much power and are in willful denial of reality. Ooh. Damn. Stop it, Wanda. (laughs) Stop it, Wanda. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just to, and again, I, I know what you said about, Steve and, and and Iron Man and all this stuff. Listen, all I want to know is where's Falcon? <laughs> Broke as fuck. Where is Falcon Stimmy? Where is his motherfucking Stimmy? Questions that need answers because it don't make no sense to me. Like, I, but see, this is those things, and this is what we like. This is this throws back to the disenfranchisement, right? You might have a lot of money, but you got no credit, right? You've been gone for five years. You got contracts, which are probably you know some good six figure. You know, my man's doing work. You know, government. You know. Mercs are big money, you know. The Blackwater dudes get paid, so he mm-hmm. get paid. But it's also only been a month since he's been back. You know, a couple months at most. I think they said right, six weeks. He, they said he'd been working with them. So Maybe. government contracts also take forever. So you know he ain't but got mad they can, cash. They can fast track it when they want to. When he's an Avenger. He's an Avenger. Billion people also came back. Government notorious slow in the first place. You know, there's a lot of things that going on here. And once again, you got no credit, all this, and the bank isn't trying to let you keep this business. That's the other part of it. You know what I mean? Mm. They're trying to make you lose it so they can move in. 
It's a lot. Capitalism <laughs> wins again, folks. Wins again, like I it's a fucking ruthless, like. And what people fail to realize is that in America is that capitalism, the reason why America was at one point the richest nation in the world is because you had a workforce of free labor for 400 plus years, which continues to this day. So let's say 600 plus years of free labor off of the bats of black prisoners. Yeah. 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 Because they're still prisoners. And then like I saw something recently where it's like cops, uh, police across the nation have through their, uh, what is it? Criminal foreclosures and stuff have basically become the biggest thieves in the world. Like they've stolen more from people than any, you know, criminal thieves. Mm-hmm. Stolen more property, repossessed more property. Look it up. Police can steal your shit with no problem and you'll never see it again. It's a weird world we live in. Big facts. Yeah. All right. We're going to jump into the characters of this mm-hmm. show. Um, just give you a bit of a rundown on... Uh, for most of the people you should know, but for some people, these you know, you may be finding out new information. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Obviously, let's talk first about Sam Wilson. Since we're already talking about him, the Falcon. And um, this is a I was just thinking this and th- I say this in the key of Kanye West, uh, when it all falls down, featuring Selena Johnson. Even if you got super friends, you still a nigga in a suit, because mm. as we see him being Avenger means nothing. He is. Part of that disenfranchised group that does not get the bank loans, that does not get the special treatment, that has to struggle. And and it's and I thought it funny how Sam it's like he should know, but it's also like he's learning in real time as well. Mm-hmm. Cause he's so optimistic and so adamant, like to, to his sister, I got this, I'm this guy, I'm this. Even when the banker recognizes him, he's like, Yeah, that's me. You know, I ain't want to say it, but you know, you know, I'm trying to get like you, fam. Like he's doing that role again. And he seems like shocked and incredulous. And his sister is just like, I told you, bro. Like, and, and that's his, she's not trying to be like the I told you so type person, but she mm-hmm. didn't want to go through that disrespect. She'd already been through it. She'd already, She'd already been, been through, through all it. the banks and every town in the town already. Already got turned down once. Has been doing this mm-hmm. for five years. Like Sam this- has an unwavering uh, perseverance, and that's good. However, I think he 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 shields used that to shield himself from the truth. But you got to understand what Sam has been through. You know, Sam got dusted and came back to life and saw you know the Avengers eventually win. So he feels like yeah, you know, a bank loan ain't that big a deal, and also. It goes back to that thing of black men coming home from war and thinking that, you know, they've seen so much and they've been through so much that they're going to be appreciated when they come back to this country. And the sad truth of it is, no, you're not. Mm. Um, and again, because because of this, this to me, disrespectful ass relationship, it's like he's still doing like he's still trying to be that hero. Right. He's operating mm-hmm. as a tool of the state at this point, doing covert ops. Yeah. Uh, he's voluntary, not, not voluntary. He has contracts, but he's performing mm-hmm. operations where, you know, if the U.S. government gets involved, it would cause a conflict. So the U.S. government is using him. Yep. Essentially. Now, he, you can say, well, he's he, he, he you know, he volunteered his tribute. So they're not using but art, but they are. Um, because, again, he's 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 going through an everyday struggle that an Avengers should not be able to go to. And then when he Go, he gives the his Steve Rogers stuff to the government. They turn around and give it to some random ugly ass white man. That's not America's ass, okay? No, not at all. Uh also shout out to 
Anthony Mackie for acting in that scene, the silent, you know, scene when he's sitting there watching the TV and seeing John Walker take the role. Oh, you were shocked that Banger didn't give you the loan? Well, guess what we going to do with the mantle of Captain America? <laughs> and that was some acting right there. Come my man, he gives the glance back at his sister like, damn it, she's sitting there, she's still sitting there seeing me getting played. You know, like, and the anger, everything in him. Mm, that, that is, that was that is no Chris Evans. <laughs> Let me not talk, talk about the real actor. But that yeah. is that is no uh, uh, Steve Rogers, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I was appalled. I was like, that's not my man. But anyway. Yeah. Um, also, to me, Sam represents that concept of, like, the talented 10th, like, the exceptional black. Because, mm-hmm. again, he, he feels like, to me, he, he's always fighting to do everything the right way. He wants to be the best representation of it. He's an obvious patriot. He's an engineer. He can do this and do that. He speaks multiple language. He offers to pay for other people's meals and take care of them. He asks for nothing. And he can't even get alone. I mean, he's a normal human who joined up with a super soldier and started rolling around with him. Put on wings, you know. Could have been killed and then dead still, you know, and still. Yeah. 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 Uh, we've got to talk about, obviously, Bucky. Bucky Barnes, yep. real name James Buchanan, a.k.a. codename The Winter Soldier. Um, his his strife with, with knowing who he is or, or trying to understand who he's going to be, Dr. Rainer, is is it's just such a great foil for him. <laughs> I I love the interaction with them, especially when she threatens to write him up, and he's just like, "Oh, here comes the book again!" Like I, I just love the interaction. And Dr. Rayner specifically at one point says, "You're a hundred years old. You have no family, no history, no friends. You ignore your text from your friend, your one and only friend, Sam." Um, he it, he has a difficult time connecting with others. You see how he. I won't say he bombed that day, but he basically left the date, so he bombed it. That date he had with Leah in mm-hmm. the restaurant. You know, he he's he was horrible at lying, at least under pressure. <laughs> Him trying to be himself because you know he accidentally says his real age. He gives this weak line about why he wears his gloves because of poor circulation. He doesn't understand social media, so he's also this fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Just like Cap, he's a man out of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just he's been he had a much worse time than Cap. During those, yeah, I mean, Cap slept. You know, my man was out killing people. So there's a whole different time that he had. And then when he comes back to reality, he no longer has, you know. I mean, that's his rock. That's his, you know, Samwise and uh, for, uh, Frodo, Frodo Baggins. Yeah, that's like, you know, that's them. And he that's don't have boy. that anymore. And him and, like, even though Sam is reaching out to him, they have a conscious, you know, their relationship ain't the best either. You know, we've seen this buddy-buddy, slight buddy-buddy where they're growing to be friends, but they started out definitely on, you know, opposite ends, and Sam might be reaching out because he's worried that Bucky, like the doctor says, will go buck wild again because he knows that Bucky has all this programming in him. Mm-hmm. He's expressed that, well, he expressed that to Steve multiple times in the films before. That he's afraid. Yeah. He's like, what and if I he- snap? Yeah, like one time he was talking to Steve and he's like, this ain't a person you save. This is a person you stop. Yeah. But it's good to see that he's drawn from that, you know. You just got to think about like when people around you like tell you, you're okay. Mm. You'll be fine. And you know you are not okay. You are not fine. And... Every, though though people around you would, would would assume otherwise or be like, well, you have everything or, or you have the path right there. Why don't you just walk it? It's not mm. that simple. Man. 
been there and done and that. I wow. s- and I see that with Bucky. I, I, I see that with like just even what you think would just be simple, just live your life. It's a problem. Like he's making himself go through it by befriending Yori. Like that's just self torture. Like I again, I I don't understand how he's able to do that. But it's gonna be worse for Yuri. Yuri, it's gonna be so worse for him when he finds out because he's going to find out. Yeah, you already know that. He's going to find out. He's going Bucky to find out. Bucky almost told him in this way. episode. Bucky couldn't take the pressure anymore. He ran mm-hmm. up on him, you know, almost mm-hmm. told him then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, I. Uh, I... Yeah. All right. Who's Poor next? <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Torres. Poor uh, Bucky. What about all the people he murked? See, once again, people be you, you... identifying with the wrong people, boy. <laughs> Identify okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Torres, who is the U.S. intel officer and also clearly friend of Sam, uh, and we'll see more as the series goes on. Um, he's actually straight out of the comics in many mm-hmm. ways. Um, in the comics, or, and also in the show, his name is Joaquin Torres. He came from the U.S. Uh, he came to the U.S. from Mexico when he was small, when he was six, with his mother and grandmother. And in the comics, anyway, at some point in adulthood, he was experimented on. And turn into a falcon-human hybrid using, somehow using, I think they were using the DNA of or something of Red Wing. Yeah, use, yeah they use the DNA of Red Wing. I okay. mean, comics. You know, Red yeah. Wing and yeah. Red Wing in the comic is an actual falcon, first of all. So they yeah. use the falcon's DNA to give uh, Torres actual wings, unlike yeah. the falcon. So, so, so in the comics, Lieutenant Torres at one point got turned into this human-bird-vampire hybrid. And he takes on, at least temporarily, the mantle of Falcon. So I I, I don't know if they're going to go that deep in turning him into a bird. But just that there, we're sharing that because there is history between Torres and Sam Wilson. Yeah, and he's definitely, well, I wouldn't say definitely, but I feel like if uh, Sam takes the mantle of Cap, Torres might take the mantle of Falcon. Ooh, that would yeah. be cool. That would be cool. Um, we got to move on to Sarah Wilson, who is, as we mentioned many times, is Sam's sister, uh, played by phenomenal actress Adepero Aduye. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's been in some amazing stuff as well. Um, obviously, she's in this show, but she's also she's also in When They See Us, that miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually also in Random Acts of Flyness, which was on yes. HBO. Um, she was in 12 Years a Slave. She, she, she has a very extensive um, um, resume, if you will. Um, Sam's sister, she also, um, at one point during that bank scene, she refers to herself as a widow. Mm. Um, and you have some questions here about that. Yeah, like, what happened? First of all, what happened to you know her husband? What does that mean in this world? Like, what does that mean to her, right? This is someone who, for five years, thought her brother was dead and gone. Probably buried him, mourned him, kept him moving, you know, after five years. Like, as much as one can. Also, we still don't know exactly what happened to their parents. In the comics, their parents take horrible L's. I mean, L's. Like, super L's. But, you know, they're both dead. We don't know what happened to them here. So, this woman's dealt with a lot of loss already, right? But then you see your brother come back to life. But your husband don't come back to life. Now, is she happy about her husband not coming back to life? I you know, don't think so. I, was, I mean, I don't think so. happy about that, but... I mean, what if, you know, I mean, what if they wasn't on good terms anymore, you know? Maybe, she but she them? also talked about how she had to raise two children on her own, so I don't think True. that's something so she, 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 she signed up for. Yeah, so she didn't murk them. So, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You see your brother come back to life, and you don't see your husband, like, man, you know, 
it's it's a weird world that Marvel people are living, like normal Marvel humans are living in now, right? It is a therapy boy out out of control, man. It must uh, you know, the lines are down the block because the stress levels are high. Like I couldn't imagine that, right? You know what I mean? Your brother come out of life, but my husband don't for what reason? Maybe he died outside the blip. You know yeah, of course he did. But that still ain't going to make sense to you. No. Ra- you know, rational sense to you no. when you've seen other people when before no one comes back. And now all the people come back. Like, how do you even explain that? How does that Where affect have y'all her, been? How does that affect, how does that affect religion? You know, how does that affect people's worldviews? You know, it's so much that you can get into with this. How does that affect her children? Facts. Yeah. Like, ain't seen their uncle. You know, I mean, probably never knew him really. Yeah. Uh, as mentioned, we have Dr. Rayner, which, as we know, is Bucky's therapist. And as a condition of Bucky's pardon for his crimes, he has to basically go to therapy and just be monitored. Um, interestingly about Dr. Rayner, she herself refers herself that she was a soldier at one point. Um, and again, she just has some cold lines throughout that I really appreciated. And, you know, Bucky, when she says, Bucky, well, what do you want? And Bucky's like, I just want peace. And she's like, that's bullshit because, you know, particularly as a soldier, she says, quote, being alone is the quietest, most personal hell that's very hard to escape. And there's so many levels of being alone, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can be physically alone, but also like from a deep just uh, relationship perspective, like fully being alone with no one to turn to or mm-hmm. to talk to or to emote with like that. It's. It's a different type of alone. Sucks. Yeah, it sucks bad too. That definitely, you know, some people say hell is other people. That's a very famous quote as well, which is pretty much the opposite mm-hmm. of this one. Mm-hmm. But definitely, I, from my experience, man, when you ain't got nobody, man, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are. There's Paul and Darlene Wilson. Have you mentioned those are Sam and Sarah's parents? Uh, in the comics, they <laughs> and it's different ways how they go, but they were either Man. killed or died, and, and and basically they all took 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 L's really poorly. Yeah, let me uh, real quick. Yeah, uh, Paul is a like because it's mentioned on the show that Paul is a giant in his community. And Paul in the comics is like a reverend. He's like the man of town. They're not in. Louisiana, I think they're in Harlem in the comics. In their Harlem, yeah. Yeah. But Paul gets murdered trying to break up a street fight, gets stabbed in the back, dies. You know, uh, Sam has to deal with this. He got two younger siblings in the comics. Um, and then his mom, they're all walking down the street one night, and his mom gets robbed and capped because she ain't got no money. And the robber's like, oh, you ain't got no bread. They blah, Martha, blah. wait, they Martha Wayne her? Martha Wayne her, boy. Like, I mean, it is rough. Rough, but... Yeah, rough. So we don't know. If, I, I doubt it is nearly that same type. But the fact that they're both gone is also rough, even in the MCU. So, yeah. The, I just laugh about how often the loss of parents is the trigger for trauma in Fam. so many. So I mean, it's like all of them is like, oh, let's just kill off the parents. There is like a rare superhero who has living parents. That's it is, so it is, effed it up. It is a rarity. I mean, even hey. in Disney, but in Disney, it's usually Disney, the mom. The mom yeah. gets killed. Yep, Disney, same thing. It's just, I think it's just a because it's such a traumatic experience, you know, and it's such an easy one, and it's such an easy one for people to relate to because everyone at some point is going to go through it, and the fear of it, you know, is something that drives life. I think for a lot of people, 
So it's just easy for writers to do it. And then it just gives your character that pain that anyone mm-hmm. can instantly relate to. Oh, this person's lost their parents. Mm-hmm. Damn. You know, mm-hmm. either you've lost your parents or you're scared it's going to happen to you. Yeah. You know? So it's like, damn, I can feel that right away. It's, it's really heavy. Yes. Um, I was really pleased. We we, um, we mentioned him, James Rhodes, Rhodey mm-hmm. War Machine. He was a surprise. I didn't realize he was going to pop up, especially, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe he wasn't. Was he in the previews? I don't recall. Um, Malcolm has said that there's going to be a lot of cameos in the show, maybe one per episode where you're okay. going to see people popping up. Yeah. So he, he popped right up right away. Um, so I was, I, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, and you mentioned that there's a lot of Easter eggs in those, the scene with Rhodey. Oh my God. So many. When Rhodey and Sam are, yeah, yeah, Rhodey and Sam are walking through the hall, the tribute hall to Captain America. There's just so much information. So right much. Oh there. yeah. On the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the walls, everything, you know, we see all the items from all of the Captain America films, like Captain America's motorcycle and his shield. There's a newspaper talking about what the Howling Commandos were doing in World War II, which, you know, the actual event actually happens in the first Avengers. Um, you see the wall of all the different pictures. One of the pictures is the cover to Captain America 1, where Cap is punching Hitler, which is the actual cover of the comic. But that comic also appeared in First Avenger mm. with a slightly changed cover. So all of these things are like that. You see the Uncle Sam with the I want you, the classic Uncle Sam wants you for the Avengers. But the interesting stuff to me was when they're walking through the hall and you see recaps from basically Infinity War and Endgame mm-hmm. or what the public knows. Mm-hmm. And that was the most interesting thing. If you pause it and read some of this stuff, which of course we did, <laughs> you see that the public doesn't know, but they know that they think, once again, they think that Steve is dead. They think they tell you about Bucky. So they know about Bucky being the Winter Soldier and his redemption and all that stuff. But I think they say even in there that he's on the run, like it's or he's dead or unknown. Like it's not mm. known where he is right now, you know, because they don't want people to know that he's still working for the government, et cetera. So the other interesting part is they don't know the, no mention of the time travel stuff, right? Yes. There's no mention of that. They mentioned, you know, the, of course, the people vanishing and everything, but the general public does not know the details of how the Avengers saved. Universe, but does the government even really know? That's, that's because the question. that part the Avengers didn't necessarily have to talk about. Like it's they, it's something that people like. I, I've thought about this a lot, or not. I've always thought about this a lot. Is that if you're the people time traveling, you're gonna be the only ones who know it. Yeah, you know, everyone else is just trying to feel the effects of what you. And do. I, and I was gonna say, isn't that just a construct of being able to do that? Because if you start telling people, you start effing stuff up. It has to be a contained. Mm-hmm. situation going in right you just can't be telling random people and it's also the thing that, like when Avengers time travel they came back to the exact same spot where they've been so they were in this compound they went did all this stuff no one knows about that stuff you know they did all this stuff in the past and then whap they come back to the exact same moment and mm-hmm. then people just blip back into existence yeah once they you know flipped it up so yeah 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 very interesting and i think that might you know come back to bite them as most things do with time travel, guys. always comes back to bite people in the ass, <laughs> and, and <laughs> people know. not knowing about it is yeah. also gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of someone who doesn't know the truth, Yori Nakajima, the very, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, just very sweet old man, and that's Mr. Yeah. Nakajima to you, especially if you're unique, throwing your trash in his trash. But uh, father of RJ Nakajima, that was unfortunately killed by the Winter Soldier. Um, I 
again, like he's he's so sweet because the way that he's just trying to help Bucky basically reintegrate into life, like he's just like you should ask Leah out on a date, and he just basically sets up the date for him. Um, when he sees that little tray of mochi and it, that Aww. that puts him into that mind state where he's thinking about his son and just once again how he he know he touches his heart. He says he knows in his heart it's more than just he was in the wrong place. Like what happened, and to know that. <laughs> His killer. I murked him. It's right there. Yeah, me. Him. He doesn't deserve me. that. He, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve it. Was it. Me, Yuri. And, and now I'm just like it again, was me all along. And I'm just starting to get a little bit mad because I'm like, even if Bucky was to come out with it, like he's doing that for himself, right? Like at the end yes. of the day, Bucky's doing that for himself. What kind of toll is that going to take on Mr. Nakajima? Mm, stop it, Wanda. It's, it's too much. It's too much. I'm <sighs> moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Um, we, uh, real quick, George's Batrock. 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 Yes. He's returning from um, the uh, what? Uh, Captain America. Yeah, Winter he, Soldier he, as well. He shows up in Winter Soldier. He's a classic comic book character. He is a French uh, kickboxer. There's actually a specific style of kickboxing uh, from that he knows. I want to say Savat. Savate. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's like S-A-V-A-T-E. But yeah, he's the character, the dude playing him is an MMA fighter. So it's always dope to see him because he knows his stuff, knows his action. Had some great action in this moment again and then gets served again. Not sure if he's going to return. I think he is. I think he is now the new um, Crossbones who just kept showing up to get served again. And he's also wearing the purple and orange from the same colors as his costume in the comic. So mm, okay. I love him in the comic. He's always getting served in the comic too. So it was great to see him here again. Cool. 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 Yep. Torres gives Intel about the terrorist organization called LAF. Well, don't know what it stands for, but it's some nope. new villainous organization and it's actually not from the comic. So nope. there's no background on them. So we'll see what that means in the future. Um, obviously, we talked about Steve Rogers and also just once again, when it comes to John Walker, not hashtag, not my Captain America. Mm. But if you are following, if you followed him in the comics, you might feel a little differently. I know Ben Amin does. Yes, I do. John Walker, man, there's so much to talk about here. But real quick, uh, the major things that I want to talk about so far is that his suit is based on the suit that we see him wearing. The Not My Captain America suit <laughs> is based on the U.S. agent suit that he wore in the comics with the diagonal you know, stripes right there. Okay. Very, very dope how they brought that in. But John Walker in the comments starts off as this guy who is the super patriot and he shows up out of nowhere and starts throwing these big rock concert type events and like, yo, I'm the new Captain America. Captain America's old and washed. Y'all need a new young dude who can handle things and gets down to business. I'm super patriot. Get down with me. But he's basically about being famous and stuff because he'll see minor crimes and just ignore that mess. He's like, oh, that ain't gonna make the news. You know, whatever. I'm not stopping. <laughs> And wait, then, wait, wait. Yeah. He's not. No, wait. he literally does this. John Walker a, walks by crimes that are too low. No, not level. walk by. He, he drives by in his limo. He, so he drives by crimes that are too low level because he's not going to get ditting, enough clout so, from it. Someone's getting mud, and his agent's like, "Yo, you see that over there?" And he's like, "Keep driving, Carl." You know, like we ain't. No, we ain't. You know that ain't I happening. I really don't like that motherfucker. Now. I love him. And then, <laughs> so, uh, um, I know, really and, don't like him. And then he gets offered the chance because Steve gets the shield taken away from him in the shield and the suit because the government comes to him. We talked about it before, but he's like, get down or lay down, basically. You know, the government's like, we want you to either be our operative 
it's like the Sokovia Accords, what happened mm. there. So instead, you know, of him going on the run like he did here, they give, you know, he gives in the suit. It's like, all right, I'm good. You know, it gives them the suit and everything. And they give it to John Walker. They go to Super Patriot and are like, yo, you want to be Captain America? He's like, yeah, hell yeah. You know, finally I get to do this. And then quickly realizes that he's not built for it. You know, that Captain America was special. Even though Super Patriot in the comics is super strong. And we'll get into that. We see that with the Flag Smashers and them having super strength. And so I would assume that Super Patriot, I mean, that Captain America, John Walker is super strong. Unlike, I mean, Cap is strong. Like, and it's, it's be kind of tough to show because in the MCU, Cap be doing all that same stuff. Like, you see Cap kick somebody and they well, go flying 30 feet. But also, Cap was holding onto a helicopter. Yeah, so, so his strength is a different level in the yeah. MCU than it is in the comics. But John Walker was stronger than him. You know, that's okay. what goes down to it. Gotcha. And when Cap and them first fight, John serves him. Oh, like Cap- Killmonger served uh, Black Panther in, in um Black There Panther. you go. And Cap is like, damn, am I washed? You know, because John basically bounces like, ah, I beat your ass. <laughs> I can finish you up anytime. You know, whatever, dude. And bounces. And Cap's in there like, oh, you know. Oh, damn. he gasped. <laughs> yeah, look, and they said they fought for like an hour, and this man beat after that shit. Like, okay. yo, oh my god, you know what I mean? An and hour. so it goes on and on. Finally, Cap gets the suit back. Um, John Walker goes on to wear the suit that Cap was wearing at that time, the black, white, and red suit, which looks like the one he's wearing now with the diagonal. Mm-hmm. Becomes a character named U.S. Agent, and as far as I know, still. I'm not sure if he's still alive in the comments right now, but, you know, he had a long run, and this very interesting character. He's definitely a, you know, more of a, you know, red state, blue state cap, more of a red state cap, but, it, it, but see, it's, it's, in the comments, even, he didn't even start like that. He's more like the opportunist, opportunistic, which cap. is why yeah. I don't like this Capitalist man. Cap. Which is why, there it is, and I don't like this man, because yeah. you kind of alluded to it, but I want to take it that next step. And this mm-hmm. has been expressed in multiple MCU movies that Captain America is not just Captain America because he's super strong. Like, mm-hmm. it's his ideals and it's yes. how he moves and it's how yep. he vibes with people. Like, you just said, John, he he saw something happen. He saw some low-level crime happening and it wasn't enough clout. So he was like, I ain't stopping for that. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Rogers would. Steve Rogers yes. would stop for every single cat in the tree if he could. Yes. And that's what makes the difference. It's about mm-hmm. your intent and it's about what you really appreciate and 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 really love and that's and that's effed up to me that's why i don't mess with john walker that's the, bucky that's, to, bucky no. same thing right and oh there's something we didn't talk a little easter egg and captain america first avenger the first time you see bucky is he's stopping the fight between steve and another guy in the alley yes bucky stops the fight between unique and yori in the alley oh this is true very good very good catch yeah uh, little things. And then lastly, I just want to quickly just mention Captain Vassant. That is the military liaison that got kidnapped. Something ain't right with my man. Something's not quite right. And and this is what, what I think. So I know you have other stuff to say, but the reason why I think, why is the LAF or whomever it was that's kidnapping him, why are they so intent on kidnapping him? Like, mm-hmm. I watched that scene, like, when the other military officer was explaining to Sam what happened and why Sam has to go extract Vassant. But I didn't understand why Vassant was so important. Like, what does Vassant know? What does he do that, to the point where LAF is freaking, you know, Independence Day flying him through the canyons? Like, what? Who is this dude? I have no idea, but that's also that 80s action movie thing where it's like, 
yo, our man's been captured. Go in there and get him. <laughs> like, and, they, get him. Like, okay. and they never explained it to do. And then when he gets him back, it's like, oh, this man's been selling secrets out. You know, he's already a traitor or something. They never explain it. And then they do it. And then they find out that they work for the wrong guy in the end, you know. But I felt like my man was mad nonchalant about being kidnapped. You really and think then, so? Yeah, he, well, was he but remember when he was struggling? They were like, "Oh," and Batroc was like, "Oh, look at him flopping around like a fish." Like he was struggling. It's not like he was just laying there letting it happen. But then why was Batroc like, "Yo," when he if if we get to the border, he won't follow us? Because they are going to be in um, Libyan. Airspace. I know that. I know why. But why is he telling him? And why did he sit there like <laughs> word? You know, because he sat but there like words. What is he supposed to say? No, not Libyan airspace. Like, what is he supposed yeah, I don't to know. say? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just felt weird. That whole scene felt weird. Even when they were like tying him up, I felt like he didn't offer no resistance. He was just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm about to go flying out the plane. What is he supposed to do? They killed his mans in the pilot and some. Uh, come on, man. Man, do something. I don't know. You know? Anyways, anyways. Got, uh, once again, white man need a black man to save him. I don't know. <laughs> Fight. Get it together, man. <laughs> Plug it out. Oh, as we close out this episode, we do have a few more Easter eggs and inspirations to share that we caught. Yes, we were yep. combing the desert. Uh, <laughs> like that space balls gift. But yes, we were combing the desert. We found But we them. found shit. We found yeah. shit this time. Um, Go ahead, Ben. I mean, talk about some of these Easter eggs. First one hurt my feelings. The title credits fade back in, just like Sam and Bucky into the world. Oh. Yeah. Um, And this one... I just did not think was true until I saw a video. I was like, they ain't not really doing this. I Yeah. I, I watched it. I was just like, are they? Maybe they yeah. are. Well, all right, the first shot of the show is Sam ironing his suit. So we have a man and an iron. We have Iron Man to open up, which is, as everyone knows, Iron Man is the first shot of the first show of the MCU. This was supposed to be the first TV series of the MCU. It was supposed to come out before WandaVision. Oh. So that would have been the very first shot. Was Iron Man. So an introduction to a new medium or new space universe, for Marvel yep. to expand their story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Same, that was it's bad. all the same universe, but different method, you know, TV yeah. versus film. Yeah, that was bad, but it's I think that was there. And yeah, I love it. If that really was that well, I mean, I know that's what other people it. are saying, but I love it. Uh, that's so good if it was. It's like so good, you know, so bad is good. Um, Iron Man, baby. Uh, again, when we talk about what Sam Wilson is or who he's supposed to be, being Captain America and what Captain America stands for, Sam Wilson is literally Uncle Sam. He's Uncle Sam to his nephews. And he's his, the government. He's the government. <laughs> his kids are, uh, those kids, the nephews rather, are heavily influenced by Sam, as you can see. They have drawings of jets and their toys or helicopters and planes. And, you know, he, they, he stands for something to them. But does he, yeah. And it's also, does he stand for something or are they also clowning him? You know, are they like, ah, Uncle Sam? No, no, no. That he's really, I did not get that sentiment. At all. He's literally so because they Uncle Sam. The and stuff, they really love that. They dude, love yeah. him. He's Uncle Sam. But he's also been gone for five years. So how do they love him? Uncle Sam is also. A, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> Uncle Sam is also a euphemism for the United States of America. US, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are they like? Are you a sellout? I don't know. No, Ben. I really don't think these, you know, six and five year old, whatever how old yeah, these little no, boys the older are. one was like thirteen, though. What do you mean? 13? That man, okay, I'm eh. sorry. Okay, that boy about Three, to be on the block slinging. What? what? Ben? Okay, these young early. little boys. I think they were calling him uncle. Like they ran to hug him. If they was trying to clown him, they wouldn't have did all of that niceness. True. No, I all just right. think you're just being rude. But that is what it is. <laughs> I also said they're slinging. No, they're gonna grow up to be good. Um, you know, feds. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, they are. They idolizing this Fed. Like, you know. You are so mean. Um, Look, there's a lot of feds in these shows that we, you know, love. <laughs> I'm just saying, people be, you know, people hate the feds in real life, and they'd be like, Jimmy Woo! You know? <laughs> I mean, a fed. Jimmy yeah. Woo! I love Jimmy Woo, but... Okay. I love him, too, but that man is... I mean, he he's literally the FBI. Like, he's the worst. I ain't think about it like that. <laughs> Come on, man. We seen Judas in the Black Messiah. What did the FBI do? Uh, mm. Okay, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interrogating that. I'm, I'm covering my eyes. Um, Jimmy Woo in the um, Scarlet Witch. <laughs> okay, Torres, when he mentions that conspiracy theory that is Captain America actually on the moon, in the Marvel comics, the moon yes. is actually home to a city called Attilan or Atlan, and it's home to the Inhumans. Yes. Uh, for those who have a somewhat longer memory, back in 2017, there was a TV show called The Inhumans that was canceled after one season on ABC because the wigs were horrendous. But really, it's because it just got really bad reviews. And also because there was enormous beef at the time between some Marvel executives. And I want to say Ike Perlmutter, the strumbag, was left. Oh, in- wow. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, that a was huge his thing. baby. And that was his baby. And that's why at one point, The Inhumans was supposed to be a movie. Don't forget. It was supposed to be a movie. Um, yes. And, you know, all of this would have all connected, but you know, yeah, but didn't no, work out that way. But, and we'll see the Inhumans again, and they will act like that show never happened when we do. <laughs> Them wigs surely did not happen. Uh, yeah, no, they will act oof. like that joint never happened. Promise you that. Um, the moon is also in the comments, is the base for the Watcher Uatu. Mm-hmm. Well, you might be seeing very soon on a certain logo. You've actually already seen some of the Watchers before in a really quick... Was it Guardians of the Galaxy? When there was a really yes. quick intercut scene where you saw... Uh, 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 Stan Lee. Stan Lee and the, uh, I think the back of the heads of the Watchers. and Yeah, they're all standing around and he's telling them the story right. of... He's actually telling them the story from Iron Man, from his show, from when he's in Iron Man, I think yeah. it is. He's telling from his about perspective, the, right. Yep. Yeah, Right. So, and that led people to say that Stan Lee is, is one watcher. of the watchers and is traveling throughout the universe seeing all these events, which is, I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, in the comics, Nick Fury eventually becomes the watcher when Uatu is killed and goes to the moon and lives on the moon. So, I think yeah. that might be a reference to that. You know, maybe Cap actually, no, I don't think Cap's on the moon <laughs> right now. But that would be awesome no. if at the end of this joint he is on the moon. <laughs> Old man Captain oh on the God, moon. That'll be so dope. The yeah. man in the moon. Wow. Because that's the other thing. When uh, old man Cap in the comics becomes like head of S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point. You know, he becomes like this secret agent, you know, directing the rest of the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, clearly not going to go through all of these names, but all but we did mark off all of the names on Bucky's redemption list, as we're calling yes. it. it. It's it's mostly like Nazis or Russian enemies. Um, and some of it is just people who he feels that he has to make amends with, like as we mentioned, Mr. Nakajima. Um, one of those names that pops up on this list is H. Zemo. For those with very keen eyes, knows that's Heinrich Zemo. Mm-hmm. Um, Zemo was in Civil War, former Sokovia intelligence officer that framed the Winter Soldier for the attack on the UN and basically used his brainwashing against the Winter Soldier. Um, also, want yeah, to shout out. Yeah, I want to shout out Andre Rostov, who's on the list. He's the Red Barbarian in the comics. He trained the Winter Soldier when he was off in the room, uh, the Red Room, I think it's called, which is where also Natasha Black mm-hmm. Widow was trained. And I think he will probably show up 
because the Red Guardian is definitely in um, Black Widow, and I think the Red Barbarian might show up as well. And there's some other people. Shout out to Lynn Kaminsky, who is on there, because Lynn Kaminsky is a Marvel Comics writer who wrote some very classic, I think, Captain America, uh, Bucky, all this stuff. So yeah. shout out to him. Yeah. Um, and and really just more so speaking about, again, the the really, to me, great symbiotic relationship between Malcolm, the writer, um, and also um, Kari, the director, mm-hmm. just in terms of the framing of shots and why certain things happen in the shots, like mm-hmm. that that one scene with Bucky in the restaurant on the date where he stops the, the you know, the money cat that's usually in, on those types of counters and he stops the arm from wagging. And to me, it was like that, that arm's kind of wagging and taunting him because it's the left arm of the cat his Winter Soldier arm that's also his left arm and that he's always trying to conceal and put behind him, but he can't, just like the cat arm, he can't stop it because that is part of his being. That's actually a part of his identity, whether he likes it or not. Mm-hmm. Also, we talked about that when he's walking into the restaurant, we see a police cruiser pass by him like as if they're looking for this dude because, yeah. you know, who knows? Like The police might still be looking for Bucky, whatever. And then... Well, he's uh, pardoned. Like, he's pardoned. Remember, he's pardoned. Technically. True, indeed. Okay, but he still feels that they're looking for him, whether or not you know he's pardoned or not. He's still got a guilty ass conscience. And also, we talked about the murky window before. Before he goes into the restaurant, the window is murky because that's that future that you know, living a normal life, me and a nice girl settling down. But it's still tough for him to see all that. You know, even when he's in the restaurant, when he's messing with the money cat, he's looking over his shoulder like he feels like someone is going to come in after him. Yeah, Bucky uh, got a lot to deal with. It. Oh man, um, and and it's and it's like so tragic to watch this unfolding, but it's also very interesting. Um, talking about tragedy, Leah, when she's on a date on the the battleship date with Bucky, she explains how there's no word for someone whose kids die. Now she mentions that if a spouse dies, the survivor one is called the widower. If if kids parents die, they the kids become orphans. But what's you know what do you call the, there is no word for it, right? Because it's mm-hmm. just that tough. And uh, this actually ties in right with the characters within the show because Sam and Sarah are technically or- orphans. And Sarah herself refers her, uh, refers herself as a widow. Mm-hmm. And that line is taken pretty much word for word from the series Six Feet Under. Shout out to Brian Fuller. And I'm not sure if that was just a tribute or someone on the show wrote on Six Feet Under or whatever, but... That's definitely like damn near word for word. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a very powerful line, but not the first time it's been expressed. Yeah, yeah. So generally, that is the end of the review. But you know, we are looking forward to the next episode, and there obviously are kind of hints, potential hints to what the next, the rest of the series will show us or bring mm-hmm. to the table. Particularly, you saw some things within the credits that may be clues. Oh, my God, yeah. And it was really annoying because the credits are done in a way where there's a lot of information. And so much information. Instantly erased by the credits of the people who actually create the show. Like, yeah. they'll show you something for a quick second, and then the credits of the people who create the show goes over it. But in all this, in this sequence, we see a mention of, first, the Power Broker, who is a character in the comments who, like his name implies, Broker's Power and gives various people super strength and invulnerability and all these abilities. He's the one who gives Super Patriot his powers. He also powers up a whole league of wrestlers. 
The <laughs> unlimited okay. class of wrestling. Uh, he was juicing the wrestlers, okay. Juicing the wrestlers okay. up. And created this whole thing. Almost gives Cap super strength because like after he gets to ask me by Super Patriot, he goes looking for the dude like, yo, maybe I need some juice up. You know what I mean? I already got the super soldier serum. I need that next level of juice up. But he doesn't ever get it. And uh, there's been word on the street and the internet streets that the power broker will show up. I'm pretty sure once you see his name right there. So we're going to see some version of this character. Also, Isaiah Bradley is mentioned in the credits. For those who don't know, Isaiah Bradley is the black Captain America. He's actually not the first Captain America. That's what I thought. It actually did not go in the way that it normally goes where black people get the serum first and then they see if it works and then they give it to white people. What actually happened in the comics is, and in the MCU, probably the same thing, but the same thing happened in the MCU, is that Captain America was created, and then the Hydra agent kills uh, Dr. Erkstein, the man who has the formula, who knows all the secrets. Mm. So they can't create another super soldier so easily. Mm. So then they go and get some black people and be like, we're going to try this shit out on you until it works. <laughs> of course, like mad black people die, and Isaiah is the one who survives. Mm. So Isaiah becomes the black Captain America. They send him on secret missions where, you know, they don't want to use the white Captain America and don't want him to be associated. Eventually, he uh, goes on a mission where he, you know, steals the suit, becomes Captain America, completes the mission, everything, comes back and gets tried and convicted and goes to prison for, you know, wearing the suit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's a cold world for black people. Um, also, Madripoor is... Oh, and Isaiah... So, basically, Isaiah will probably show up. There have been rumors that this one actor who is cast is going to play Isaiah, and that looks like that rumor is confirmed. Oh. Isaiah is also the grandfather of... I want to say Isaiah Bradley Jr. is the character's name. The Patriot, a young black kid who has the super soldier serum built into his DNA from his grandfather and becomes the Patriot, a character who joins the Young Avengers along with... The people we've seen so far, like Speed and Wiccan, Kate Bishop, who will be turning up in the Hawkeye series, Miss America Chavez, who's going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multi Madness in the Multiverse. So it looks like we might be leading to see a young patriot showing up in this series, which I would be overjoyed to see. Wow. Also a great character. Both of them, you know, both the original Isaiah and the young one are just both some of my favorite characters. And and just very ill stories. And once again, like we we're talking about, this is going to be a very black series for those who don't know. And very, it's going to deal with these issues, whether or not y'all understand it or not. We'll be here to explain it. Uh, one last one. Madripoor is mentioned in um, the credit sequence. And it's been glimpsed in some of the trailers and some of the behind <laughs> the scene footage of people in a Southeast Asian looking Singaporean looking location. And that's Madripoor. Which is so big because Madripoor has a lot of relations to Wolverine. Like Wolverine stay hanging out there. It's also where there's a lot of gangster activity. It's like this seedy underworld town where all the gangsters hang out. But there's a famous issue of um, X-Men that goes into the past where Black Widow, Wolverine, and Captain America are on a mission together in Madripoor back in the 1940s like during the war. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, it's such a dope issue. It's drawn by Jim Lee. The art was, um, I, like as a kid though, when it, it was like one of them shits when you open it up and you're like, oh my god, you know, because it's like <laughs> Cap, Wolverine, and Black Widow in the 1940s, and Wolverine doesn't have his claws at the time, or you don't know, he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have the metal claws yet, so he's like fighting with um the sticks. bone claws. 
Oh, okay. Well, he, but see, at this time, they hadn't established the bone claws. So okay. in this story, he doesn't even pop his claws. Gotcha. Yeah, he's just out there brawling. So, he's just out you know, there fighting with... Just fighting, you, serving like fools. Plastic though. utensils? Like sporks? Like, what's nah, going on? my man got the... Uh, I want to say they're Kenpo sticks. They're these... Uh, oh, Kenpo sticks. Okay, okay. Yep, okay yeah, okay. He, he going to work with the Kenpo sticks, boy. Yeah. It's such a great issue. Okay. Yep. Okay, so that is everything. We gave you everything. We poured it all out and you. We gave you all the information. God damn it. I really thought these episodes were gonna be a little bit shorter, you know, because it wasn't it's not so it's not so much themes and stuff. So yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's more so, you know why? Because we're we're also we're doing and it's so funny because we always talk about we don't want to do that labor, we are also doing a lot of education because yes. it just seems to be a lot of areas that people are missing or it's just going over their heads and we just want to make it very abundantly clear that you are going to learn today especially mm-hmm. if you listen to views from the 616 which we hope you enjoyed make sure you are subscribed to us on your favorite podcast platform you have to subscribe to for all nerds in order to get views from the 616 we are on every podcast platform you can probably imagine at this point also make sure you are following us at the very least on Twitch twitch.tv slash for all nerds because that way you get to see our beautiful faces and our incredulous expressions when you say that has nothing to do with racism that's why it's important to see us on video and if you happen to miss it that's okay because we put these videos up on our youtube youtube.com slash for all nerds tv the branding is real the branding is strong and you can always always follow us on the socials at for all nerds as well as views from 616 on twitter you want to have a conversation with us we're also not ig as and you got myself at tatiana king as well as dj ben i and we want to thank you for all of the support all of the love and all of the just outpouring of of just like messages and stuff because everyone's really under like enjoying us enjoying the conversation mm-hmm. especially the chat shout out to the twitch chat word up y'all are the goats we love you and i can't wait super appreciate you it's gonna and, be so lit tomorrow <laughs> it's gonna be so lit and super appreciations to everybody who's on our patreon patreon.com slash for all nerds with because of you we're able to do really cool things like this to be on all these platforms have a million branding opportunities and be able to have these conversations and deliver it to you in a very professional uh very clearly produced way shout out to luna and shout out to chica we love you and if you like my t-shirt here i have the inclusion is revolution design that comes in many different variants just like a comic book cover Ben Ami has a special edition shirt that's that you can't even get anymore but we do have some special more special editions on our tpublic tpublic.com slash stores slash for all nerds hit that up get these amazing designs on any type of product whether it be a phone case a pillow a book if you want a t-shirt a hoodie get you some we love you and we appreciate your help Word up. And the WandaVision design by Mr. Morris is now a legendary design that people Legend. have been talking about. Copying. The Wanda and Vishon. Yes. Thank you to everybody who has copped that joint. And we are definitely going to drop some Winter Soldier and Falcon related merch very soon. We got an ill views from the 616 logo coming very soon. And like you said, shout out to twitch.tv slash for all nerds in that chat. Make sure you are there every Monday at 1 p.m. That's Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We are live 1 p.m. Eastern time. Twitch.tv slash for all nerds. 
40 Winter Soldier and the Falcon review. The chat goes nuts. The <laughs> theories, the forecast, the predictions, <laughs> the recaps, the slander. It's beautiful, y'all. Be there. Twitch.tv slash For All Nerds. 1 p.m. Eastern time. And we out. <laughs> <laughs>